grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, this is my pup, Winnie. You're in her seat right now, which is cool. But anyway, she's going to ride along with this. You know, I was thinking since the gospel reading is two disciples on a road trip with Jesus, taking a walk with him, perhaps going back to their home, uh, about a seven-mile journey, seven-mile walk, couple hours. I thought we'd do something kind of contemporary, and we'd talk about their journey and just take a little road trip ourselves. Um, so come along with me. If you have some questions, maybe when we talk about this story, you can bring them up as we go. But I think it's kind of interesting that Jesus, let's get it in gear here, that Jesus just kind of moseys up to them. And I don't know if he surprised them, but I love how he engages them in a conversation because Cleopas, we're told, this disciple is having a conversation with another disciple about Jesus and about everything that had happened. So it's kind of funny almost that Jesus says, what are you guys talking about? And uh, as it turns out, um, they were talking about Jesus. And so Jesus gets them talking about Jesus. It's funny, kind of. And maybe he's playing along with them. I love it when um, they start telling him and Jesus says, well, what things? You know, it's, it's kind of fun. Maybe, though, he's a great counselor who's really helping them tell their story and pour out their grief and, and engage them that way. Regardless, I love that he gets them talking. And, of course, they pour out their uh, concern about all that's happened and you know it's they're kind of amazed that Jesus doesn't know what's going on it's kind of like if you were living today and you didn't know we were in the middle of a pandemic or something um, but uh, they say that their hopes are dashed and I think that's the key phrase I mean they say all that Jesus had done all the miracles all the powerful teachings the amazing things and the following that he had with so many um, and that he had been crucified. And so um, I love how they say, we had hoped. We had hoped. I mean, that is such a powerful um, death has got them in its grip. Death has destroyed their hopes, destroyed their Messiah. It was inconceivable for them to think that the Messiah, God's chosen one, to redeem all of Israel and and do what they had hoped could be put to death. In Deuteronomy, there's a passage that says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Um, a dead Messiah just didn't make any sense to them. And so they, that poignant phrase, we had what was that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I don't know who the other disciple was. Um, I kind of like to think that it was Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. I, I think that probably, I mean, that makes sense. Um, and there were many women who were followers of Jesus, and neither of these two are part of the 12, the original disciples. And so um, I know... I love taking walks with my wife and we have our best conversations then about our kids and about our work and joys and sorrows, our families, um, neighborhood, our dog. Um, that's when we connect. And so I bet you Cleopas and his wife were headed off to uh, home and
and they're just engaged in a huge conversation with each other and pouring out their grief. And so Jesus, you know, tell me more, tell me more. And so they talk not just about all that had happened to Jesus and that he was crucified, but then um, they start to say that, well, some of the women of their company had come and said that the tomb was empty and and that they had seen an angel that had told them that he was raised. And so there's all this new information and they can't even take it in. In fact, it's kind of, it's not funny really, but Luke, before the passage that we heard today, says that the disciples heard the news from the women and they thought it was an idle tale. Um, how sad, how sad. Um, even back then, people weren't listening. Um, and you know, it's also interesting, you, you might ask, well, you know, why didn't we hear about the name of this other disciple? Um, and you know, it's interesting, women played a dramatically important role in the resurrection. They're the first witnesses and they tell the story. Even though Luke says it seemed like an idle tale, um, they're deeply involved. They're the first witnesses to the resurrection. And you know, oh, back in the back, dog. Um, so, uh, you know, some people want to say that, you know, this whole resurrection story might have been made up or concocted, but, you know, just something for you to think about on that is if that was true, um, you probably wouldn't have women be the primary witnesses. Even in that day, women couldn't even testify in court, but Jesus chooses these women to be the first um, proclaimers of the good news. and. And I think that's pretty cool. But anyway, maybe we go a little bit afield here. Um, what was that? Oh, 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 yeah. Jesus starts telling him um, about himself, and he walks them to the scriptures. That's exactly right. Um, and, oh, yeah, I, I don't know what scriptures he talked about. Luke tells us that he went through and showed them from Moses all the way through the prophets, everything concerning himself and yeah I wish he would have told us the scriptures too um, but Luke doesn't, tell, doesn't go into that and I wonder if that's because it wasn't just about fulfilling one text but because Jesus um, really fulfills the whole narrative of the Old Testament think about it you know if you look at the whole story of the Hebrew scriptures You've got God's promise, then human sin, human beings mess it up, and then there's consequences to that, and things go bad, but then God comes in and brings new life. Whether that's exodus from slavery into freedom, or when the people were in exile in Babylon and they were given new life, or think about all the women who were barren, who couldn't give birth, and God chooses them and brings life out of a womb that was actually dead and so maybe Jesus just walked through the whole story um, I like to think that Jesus um, showed them um, that their hopes were a little bit misplaced you know remember I said that they said their hopes they had hoped that Jesus was the one to redeem Israel oh man Maybe they were hoping for the wrong thing, or they thought that the redemption that they were looking for um, was going to come in a way that it didn't come. 
So maybe they were hoping that the nation of Israel would be reconstituted, that that you know they would the Messiah would wipe out the Romans and get rid of them. But Jesus starts talking about that it was necessary for the Messiah, the anointed, to suffer and die and be raised from the dead. Maybe Jesus was showing them that the real problem was not the Romans or the Egyptians or the Babylonians or the Assyrians or um, all these oppressors, but the real problem was their own sin and death itself. The death was that principality that had was really the one that was oppressing not only them but all of humankind and so maybe the disciples are looking for the redemption of Israel but Jesus comes for the redemption of all people and so um, I don't know maybe he did talk about Isaiah 53 that talks about a suffering servant and that the iniquities of everyone were laid upon him and and maybe just like Peter does in the in second chapter of Acts he talked about some Psalms um, where uh, um, David says referring to the Messiah that he did not you know he wasn't left to corruption and and that he was rescued from Sheol so I don't know he might have talked about that there's tons of specific passages that he might have talked about but um, you know, I don't know. In fact, let me just, I, I got to pull over here for a minute. And because um, I want to look something up. You just made me think of something while I was, while I'm driving here. Oh. So Peter in Acts 2 quotes Psalm 16 where David is speaking and says that David was speaking concerning the Messiah, saying, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh, in my flesh I will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor let your Holy One experience corruption. So um, Peter thinking about this passage, thinks that that's talking about Jesus and his resurrection. So I bet that probably um, there were lots of specific passages that came up, but even more so, I think Jesus just showed the whole scope of scripture and how it pointed to the Messiah, God becoming flesh for us to take away our sin and be raised up to defeat death for us, that that's really what redemption is all about. Well, let's pause for a minute and keep going. We're not quite to see back yet. So let's keep going. What was that? Another question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is weird that they didn't recognize him, isn't it? Um, so they're walking along and they're talking to Jesus, but they don't recognize him. They don't know they're talking to Jesus. And actually the text says they were kept from recognizing him, which is interesting. Um, we're going to talk in a little bit what helped them recognize Jesus. But Jesus shows them all of the Messiah in the scriptures and tries to help them make sense of his death and resurrection. Um, and But they can't see him. And I, I kind of think about that for us because you know we don't get to see Jesus like those original disciples saw Jesus um, we look forward to seeing him one day but right now we see him through 
means, through other people, like he promised um, wherever two or more are gathered, I'm there. Um, in the Lord's Supper, he says, I'm there. And in his word, he reveals himself to us. And, and uh, in the least of these, he says in the Gospel of Matthew, I'm there. So um, we do encounter Jesus, but he, it's a little bit veiled. And so I kind of think our life is a little bit like that journey to that Jesus had with these two disciples um, that he's with us and our some maybe our hearts even burn within us but but we don't quite see him you know just face to face um, you know there's lots of other ways to come at that question but that's kind of what I think of because I think that's our reality we encounter Jesus through different means and 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 in with and under various things and especially in his word and that's why you're gathering this morning to worship because you're looking for Jesus and that's the way he comes to us when we open up the scriptures just like he's doing with the disciples um, we remember Jesus we look forward to seeing him face to face but right now and as we're in this COVID-19 crisis there's lots of crises in our lives and and um, right now we have to cling to um, the promise that he's with us and cling to his word knowing that yet there's an absence that we we're, we're longing to see him face to face because we love him it's like when you're away from someone that you someone you love dearly and you just can't wait to see them again and it's a little bit like that for us um, and I guess that's one thing I want you all to know as you're listening to this today that um, Jesus is risen. He's not in the tomb and he is with us just like he was with those disciples along that road. Even sometimes we don't recognize him as we pour ourselves into the scriptures. We hear his promise. We do have the promise that he's with us. And so whether we um, are facing death the frailty of life like we are today in many respects you know you think about that the makeshift morgues in New York um, and um, how this virus has kind of raised our mortality and brought it right before us hey we have the promise that Jesus has defeated death and that puts a hope in the midst of our journey that we wouldn't have otherwise like when the disciples said we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel well now we do have a hope that we can cling to well we're just about at Seabeck here um, and um, I appreciate that you've taken this little journey and wrestled with this great story of Cleopas and probably his wife having a interesting conversations with Jesus um, I think where we're going to go next is um, to the table because, you know, it's when Cleopas and his spouse or this other disciple invited them to his table that, um, that we hear Jesus is revealed. And it's interesting that that happens at the table. And so uh, from here, let's think about that. So here we are back at home. Cleopas and the other disciple, maybe his wife, got home. Jesus was going to go on. They prevail upon him to stay. And you think about where they've been. They've been in such a hopeless place and maybe they've got a glimmer of hope now. Jesus has worked with them and opened the scriptures. and But they still don't see. They still don't get it. And then Jesus breaks the bread and their eyes are opened. 
I think this is so cool because it shows us how God comes to us from the outside. The Word comes and works on us. God, the Holy Spirit, comes and gives us eyes to see and gives us faith. Jesus, in just an ordinary moment of the breaking of the bread at a meal, um, opens the disciples' eyes. I can't help but think that even though they probably weren't having the Lord's Supper, that the evangelist Luke isn't wanting us to think about the Word as Jesus opened the Scriptures and then the supper, the meal, the, the sacrament of the altar, of the table, where he becomes present for us. Think about it. Jesus was their guest, and then he becomes the host. Well, that's what he does for us. He becomes the host of the supper, and we become the guest, and he opens our eyes. Wow. How cool is that? You know what I want to do just to tell you as we finish up this story is to tell you that Jesus is coming to you right now. Um, he's opened up his word to you. Um, and he's coming to you in a meal. And he wants you to see that he's not in the tomb, that he's raised from the dead. What do the disciples do? Where do we finish this story? Well, after Jesus opens their eyes, um, they don't even wait for the next day, I don't think. They just head right back at seven miles to Jerusalem, and they can't wait to tell the other disciples what's happened to them. And then they hear about Jesus coming to Peter. Let me tell you, I want you to go and tell the good news in whatever way you can. Maybe it's pressing like on your Facebook and your YouTube channel. Um, uh, maybe it's forwarding our mess, our, an email with our services to someone you know that needs some hope today. Uh, maybe it's writing a card. Maybe it's making a phone call. Maybe it's baking some goods and putting it on their doorstep. Maybe it's saying hello from 10 feet away, you know, when somebody comes out to their door and you stand at the curb. I don't know what it is, but I know if you'll go and tell the story, Jesus will show up um, because that's just the way it is. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this journey, and um, thank you. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah.